What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Hawk Talk on Melrose, uh, delayed instant reaction podcast following Iowa's ugly 7 to 3 win yesterday in Kinnick Stadium. Uh, Tyler and I were there. Colby was watch- watching it down in Nashville. Uh, just a pathetic performance by the offense. Um, defensive special teams came out, kind of what we thought they were going to do, but you just, you keep, you look further into the schedule and it's like, we, that's not going to, we're not going to win games when we just have to rely on the special teams defense. I know we did that last year, but the schedule was very favorable compared to this year, but um excited to have both of you guys back on. We're going to talk. Uh, we're going to kind of hash things this uh, last game out and see if we can improve any way on the offense. So I guess the floor is open for you guys. You guys can kind of give uh, your initial thoughts to me or to the well, episode. Yeah, you go first, Colby. <clears throat> well, first, uh, I feel like this uh, this instant reaction uh, pod might be more like a therapy session for me to vent out all my frustra- frustrations um, on what we just watched yesterday coming from an offensive standpoint. I um, don't recall having um, – not. I mean – in my 20 years of being a Hawkeye fan, I think I started watching Hawkeye football in 2001, 21 years. I think that was the least enjoyable opening game I've experienced as a Hawkeye fan. And uh, I mean, I just didn't have fun. I mean, yes, no. the defense special teams were balling and, but that's things we knew coming in. We knew that, um, that that was the strong point of our team. And we were just hoping and things we were told that like, Hey, the offense, you know, they're not going to be great, but, there's going to be things that we're going to see. We're going to see noticeable improvement. And uh, yesterday was about the about the worst you could ever do as an offensive team uh, against an FCS opponent. And I don't want to take anything away against South Dakota State. They are a high-class FCS team. But at the end of the day, they're still an FCS team that an FBS Power 5 conference should take care of and be able to score at least a, a touchdown couple. against. Yeah, yeah. And – for us to score three points as an offensive unit is it's embarrassing. It really is. I don't know what the coaching staff's doing. I don't know how they can even watch film and, and be okay with what they're in. I know it's coach speak, but Ferentz even yesterday feeling good about Spencer being out there. I mean, it's just like That's annoying. all the little things were terrible yesterday and it, it doesn't even allow for you to do anything big. And it's like, I mean, it's just like dead on arrival. There is no creativity. There is the offensive line looked terrible. Petrus, we now know. I mean, we know what we had with him, but we were wondering, hey, can he take a little bit of a jump? Can he command the pocket? Can he move around a little bit more? Does he have awareness? And yesterday might have been his worst game as an Iowa Hawkeye player, and that is hard to say. And I would hate that I have to criticize him because he's a good kid. He's a college kid. But, man, it's like – it's almost a disservice at this point putting him out there. And I don't know the dynamic inside the locker room. And I know they probably love him and I know they believe in him, but like for Alex Padilla not to transfer last year to give a fair shot to play and then watch that and not be able to even get a Mm -hmm. snap to come in and improve what he can do on the field is just embarrassing. I mean, it was a disservice putting Petrus back out there. And I was just dumbfounded every time we got out there, the offensive line was pushed back. They were playing eight to ten in the box, not even caring. I mean, they didn't even care that we were no. even tried. I mean, they didn't. They looked at our offense and basically just laughed yesterday. And it is now a laughing stock. It's been a laughing stock among the college football world the past two seasons. But I mean, good lord, that is. It's just like I'm. I'm sounding angry. I'm not angry. I'm just 
like frustrated that as us as fans like have now come to just expect this is what it is and we don't we can't even depend on the coaching staff to say hey we're going to change it we're going to switch things up i mean it was god awful yesterday well they and, they they do in the off season that that's what i was telling austin yesterday i was saying sidekick we look like fools because every year we 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 go into the season <clears> optimistic <throat> because we do hear those things like oh you know we're we're change you know we're simplifying the offense you know we're doing this we're doing that petrus is looking good in practice and then it the, we start the season, we start optimistic, and then we literally look like fools uh, because this last month, Tyler and I, you were on the show, you know, we were very optimistic. Like, we were hoping that the offense uh, would find ways to get better and back and, at square one. Listen, if anything, worse than what we – what Listen, what I, get, average. I, get, I get it. I get that we're hurt at wide receiver right now, and that doesn't help. I, I get that we're young on the offensive line, but everything we were told coming into the year was, hey, this offensive line and, – and one, like – all those players across the board on the on this offensive line were pretty highly recruited, recruited players, three and a high three-star, four-star players. And it's just like, where is the development? That's what Kirk Ferentz is known for. And yesterday it just looked, I mean, it looked terrible. Every time we ran the ball, there was already like six guys in the box just blowing off our guys. And then like the quarterback development, I just don't understand as, a big 10 team that one somehow made it to the conference championship last year. Like how we are, we, how are we continuing to just lack development among QBs are not even having someone back there that they trust to like, say, Hey, you know what? If Spencer can't do this, we know this guy's doesn't have game experience, but Hey, he's talented. Let's just throw him into the fire and just because see I what happens. Guarantee you it might be better. It, it can't get worse than what we saw right. yesterday. Colin, you sent through a snap and Tyler, I'll let you get to your thoughts here, but like, you sent through a, a stat yesterday, QBR. Like, yeah, it's not even close. Spencer's QBR yeah. yesterday was one point one. That is yep. uh, that. Argu- the next that highest might be, was fifty in the Big Ten. Yeah, and that might arguably be the worst QBR right, yeah. I've ever seen. And yeah. so, I mean, I've never seen a, I've never seen a QBR that low. All yep. all well. negative stats. And Colin, what's that far right thing? Yeah, I mean, it's just like. Whew, it, it's something that I'm really nervous for the rest 1. of the year. 1. I, I, I know our defense is like watching them is fun <clears throat> and watching Tory Taylor punch yeah. for the two yard line every time, every, every time is fun, but not having no. a pulse on offense is not fun and it's not doing anything. And it's like, I, you know, I had tweeted today back at Hawkeye game film, which I don't know if y'all follow, but if you don't, it's a must follow. He's, he's, really good I, yeah, I at dissecting him. things and it's just like i think ferentz believes in so much of what he does that he's not willing to change yeah and at some point it's just like very nailing, stubborn nailing a nail into like steel with just like a rubber hammer it's yep. not gonna work right and it's like i don't know i don't know how we can change it i i haven't been this concerned going into the year probably since 2012 and we finished four. I don't know. Better. Well, yeah, it's yeah. like, and I was gonna say like, so well, Colin, Colin made up a good point. He's like, you know, we're kind of dumb as fans to like now to you know believe what we heard in the off season was going to be different and change. And I think that's why you heard the booze yesterday. Yeah, it was because Spencer played really bad and because we punted from our own thirty-seven yard line to pin him at what their two or whatever it was. We booed on that, but we booed because it was a culmination of eight months of the off season hearing you know exactly what we wanted to hear and 
we put together a performance like this that was worse than last year that and like you said maybe that has a lot to do with some players injured but that doesn't all have to do with that and you well and and players being injured too it's like that also goes back to development how are we only having two scholarship wide receivers available i mean it's like no i we don't prioritize things that we need to be prioritizing especially the last three years that we've seen it's like we have to change. And yeah. I, I've well, given props to Kelvin Copeland before. Yeah. Cause I thought he's done a great job with what he's been given the last four years, but it's like, all right, now at this point, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, watching Charlie Jones do what he did at Purdue a couple nights ago. I mean, it's just like, how can you, you know, lots of fans can be mad that he left, but it's like, right. can you really be mad that he left something that was that bad? Bad. No. Right. I mean, right. all of us would, if in our jobs, it was that bad, they would, we would leave. And so, yeah, hundred percent. And and you're right. I mean, it, it was the, I mean, being there. So me and a buddy, your guys' cousin, Cody, we sat on the other side at the beginning of the game and a bunch of, uh, you know, former or well season ticket holders that are next to you guys, they left around like halftime. Um, and so me and Cody joined uh, Colin and the rest of his family and your guys' normal seats. And it just, I mean, it doesn't, I don't know. It felt like a really long game. It was it was brutal. It was the, probably the most boring game I've ever watched from Iowa football, and I can't imagine watching it on TV because it being there, it was it was bad. And you know, we Colin literally during the middle of the game, or well, in the second half, goes he looks over and he's just like, God, do we have do we legitimately have the worst Division one quarterback in college football? And I'm like, you can make an argument. The stats would probably back you up and say that he's probably one of the worst QBs out there. And we've given, I've given way too many excuses as to why out there experienced good leader, good, good guy. But at the end of the day, it's, it's about, you know, obviously it's about wins, but it's also about how you help your football team, not hurt your football team. And I thought a stat that Colin or you Colby, I can't remember who found it, but in the last eight games, he's had one touchdown and eight interceptions. That's that's not even being a game manager. That's literally hurting your football team. That's worse than a game manager. And at what point do we say to ourselves, like, okay, Alex Padiak is not worse than that, and, um, worse yeah. than a 1.1 QBR, I'm, worse than a 4.4 yards per attempt yesterday. It's not – he's not yeah. worse than that. Well, and that's the thing, like, uh, like what Farron says, like, uh, Petras is good in practice. It's like, I don't care about practice. You're not getting hit during practice. You're not. Okay. Or I don't care how good you look at the Manning camp. You don't have pads and a helmet on. <laughs> like it's like things like that that just annoy me because then you, you actually ball. see like the game results and the data is there. I mean, look at like people that are watching this on YouTube. Like I have this up, this yeah. screen up. Like look at that one point one. Like that is so pathetic. Uh, CJ yep. Stroud number one, and he went up against a Notre Dame defense. I mean, that's incredible. Um, I'm gonna go over the stats here, like. <laughs> Like we played an FCS. This, this is against an FCS school. Ten first downs, four for seventeen on third down. Total yards one hundred sixty six. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, possession time of possession. We we were right up there with them. I mean, Iowa. I mean, that's that's our identity, right? You know, run the football, uh, win the time of possession. Well, rushing yards we had fifty seven, and time of possession we had thirty thirty uh, seconds more than them. Um, the only strength is if you look to the left. I mean. LaShawn Williams having 72 yards for literally getting every single 
play, he was getting like blown up. To be able to get 72 yards is pretty pretty phenomenal. And then obviously Arlen Bruce, you know, th- those are like the two positives of the offense. I mean, Arlen Bruce had 60, 68 yards, but oh my God, it's just incredible. And then I want to share this too up here if I can get get to it. Of course, this thing is like in the way. Um, okay, really? Oh, there we go. Um, John Miller right here. So Iowa had a total of 16 drives yesterday, but two of those were kneel downs at the end of the half. So 14 real drives. Iowa failed to gain more than 10 yards on nine of those drives. That stat, more than any other you could pick from, speaks to deep, deep concerns with this offense. Uh, Petrus is not the answer, but I'm not irritated with them because the coaches put him out there. Exactly. If Petrus is the best option, that is an indictment of coaching, development, and recruiting. None of the none of this is an indictment on Spencer, who has given all that he has with his numbers called, which is, yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, you can't get mad at Petrus. He's, I mean, it's the coaching staff that puts right. him out there every single game. And like yesterday, the entire game, can't tell me that there could not have been a time yesterday. Towards the end, I understand keeping maybe Petrus in there because he's a game manager, but you can't tell me like in the second quarter or maybe even in the third quarter that you could have maybe just brought in Padilla for, for a drive just to see if anything sparks. But what I really think, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I really believe that the coaching staff doesn't want to do that because they do not want to see, like if Padilla actually came in there and actually looked good, then you would have a true, like all these questions are being, you know, asked after the game. And they, I just don't think they want that. They they love Petrus so much. And what makes me mad about the Iowa media is they don't ask these questions to Kirk in the post game. They just don't. They just, they just ask like, who's going to be the, you know, court, but they don't ask like, why do you say, or why do you think that way? Like when he said, we uh Peters give me the quarterback next week. Why aren't they asking those questions? Like, what what did you see out there that makes you believe that he is a guy? Like, it's just some of those type of things. I just don't get it. Why that? Why those questions aren't being asked? It's annoying. Yeah. Um. One. You know. One more thing. I. So first half yesterday. I mean, if if we all go back, this is also this is a positive and a negative. So Iowa defense yesterday just absolutely just incredible and and props yeah. they are li- they yeah. lived up to the hype yesterday but i want to go back to the first half because iowa got three points with drives and this is also a testament for taylor because he played so well but iowa had three points despite starting drives at one at the san diego state 27 yard line off that botch punt the yep. san diego state 33 yard line the san diego state 49 yard line and then the iowa 41 yard line like that's inc- and during the first God. half petrus was zero of five passing on third down i mean incredible. it's like incredible it, every stat is even, actually unbelievable yeah that's you need you at least need a touchdown yeah. like something there that's like that's iowa's defense saying you know what we're giving you every chance to succeed and somehow you still can't do it. And and it's not even – I mean, I don't even want to know what going up against Michigan and those oh. teams – even Iowa State next weekend. I know yeah. Iowa State – I would say in talking to some of their fans, like their defense was probably maybe their weak point yesterday, but they still only allowed 10 points. Yeah. And you yeah. think they're scared of Iowa next week? No. And, and at some point, at some point, the way Iowa plays defense, and obviously, I don't, no one wants this, but at some point, Iowa does every now and then give up the big play on defense. You saw it yesterday. Yep. Um, luckily, when Kayvon Merriweather accidentally, you know, blew his coverage, and they, he just overthrew him. That would have been a touchdown. Yep. But you know, the Iowa defense is good enough to make those those instances few and far between. But at some point, 
they're going to need the offense to answer. And I just don't know where it's coming from this year. Yeah. And if we can at least get some wide receivers back into the fold and at least get a push on the offensive line, it's, it, I don't know if Iowa goes 500 this year with the way that offense looked. So I hate to be beating a dead horse, but the offense was the worst I have seen it in, in a long time. And that's really hard to say based on what we've seen the last couple of years. And, so, you know, like you said, I, I feel bad for Spencer. I hate that they just keep putting him back out there. Uh, I, I don't know. He's yeah. not the answer. And no. I know there... people can go back to saying Ohio or to saying the offensive line is the bigger question mark, but it's like, you know, the offensive line isn't throwing to Sam Laporte on that five yard out on that easy third down conversion or the just complete or the 30 yarder to Alex Wick. That was just terrible. I mean, it's like he has an eternal case of the yips. And at this point in his career, if he wasn't going to figure it out last year, he's probably never going to figure it out. And so, you know what? Good kid. I, I just, he's not the quarterback. And it's scary to me to think that we don't have a quarterback behind him that could at least come and maybe give a spark to this thing. Yep. Um, well, that's what's so, you're right. That's what's scariest is we, our coaching staff doesn't believe we have a better option. That's what scares me. Yeah. And I, and that's the thing. Yeah. Like with Padilla, it's like, but what we saw yesterday, it's like, you can't tell me Padilla would be any worse than no, that. No, no, you no. cannot. Um, the other thing I hate about the offense, I know Kobe, we were talking about this earlier today is why, especially like yesterday, you know, um, Jack rabbits are already putting nine guys, 10 guys in the box why we are using the fullback so much. It just doesn't work. I mean, you go back and it wasn't just yesterday's game. It was last year. I mean, go back. How many successful plays that we run when, when um, Monty Potabon was in the game? Like it, it's, it's far and few. And we just almost every single play he's out there. And the thing that makes me know the most mad is when it's like a third and nine, third and 10, and he's out there. He's just a waste of a player. Defenses don't have to. I mean, if he goes out on a route, are you kidding me? He's a yeah, fullback. Well, and we were talking, I was talking to you, Collins. Like they had that like eye formation where they started like motioning him like this game, this first game, and we ran to the side he motioned to. Yeah, I, I could see why South Dakota State's sending 10 guys. Like, are you kidding me? That's the yeah. creativeness that we're 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 coming up with for, for the first game. What scares me is we had scripted – we received the ball, and we have scripted plays. Did we gain a first down on that first possession or no? Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. We, we did. gained – very, yeah. The very first, yeah. Which, why did why did we elect to receive when – when I mean, unless they were that confident that we were going to lay down the field, why did we elect to receive? Was that, that fake confidence? Well, that's, that's what was that's my been question. A, that's been a fair special for 20 years. He's done that all the time. But I want to go back to Hawkeye game film because – I was reading through a series of his tweets yesterday, and it's hard to, you know, there's not one thing I disagreed on, but he just said, looking back through the offensive series, I don't love the game plan and the play call because he's like, I think our the feeling yesterday because of how vanilla Iowa was playing was probably 21 to 24 points. But to have no offensive points is just crazy. If Iowa would have won 24 to 3, no one bats an eye. But we didn't even score. I mean, even as vanilla as we were, we still should have scored 24 points. And it's like, That's what's crazy. And his, you know, he goes through his issues. He said, biggest issues, QB play. I will be sub 500 if it stays like that. O-line play. 
general perception was Iowa would improve. Instead, it went off a cliff. Pass blocking yesterday was rough. The snapping was rough. Run blocking was bad. And then philosophy. Like he said, Iowa had no intention of opening things up in the game. Two target passes over 20 yards, and they were both complete. Didn't complete anything from 10 to 20 yards, and many of the misses short were on the QB. In the second half, San Diego State was playing with both safeties under 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. It's like a lose. It's a losing form of football to allow them to compress the field on you just like this. Just brutal to watch. Yep. Yeah. I. Yeah. I think. like moving forward too, it's like, what, what can, I mean, what, what is there? I mean, because obviously, yeah, your hope is that we figure something out and, you know, it's easy to say, you know, bring in Padilla, which I think at this point, I, you, you, you got to try it at least. I'm going to go to here. I have some plays. I want to show you. This is when we brought in Padilla. Now this is on YouTube for everyone to look. This is when we brought in Padilla. This is, um, we ran the, we ran it on first down. So this is his first passing play. And um, he just looks a lot more like poised in the pocket. Delivers a good dart, stays there, perfect. That was literally his first team passing play. And then this is his next play right after. If you notice right too. Like, look. He has, yep. That, he, he, he moves in the pocket. He, he settles in the pocket really well. He's not a statue back there. Now, listen. I'm gonna go. Padilla some... had many plays last year when he was in that did not look good, yeah. but it's just that's not something I ever see Spencer do. And we're gonna sit here all year because I really don't think that was a pass interference. Like at least he throws. I mean that was a good. I mean that was a pass interference. Serge, I showed that one. Um, I I think, to... I, but Colin, I think honestly this is tough because I think we're beating a dead horse because I yeah, don't know are. if we're even gonna see Alex this year. I I no. think at this point, yeah. I know we're only the first game in, but unless unless um, Spencer gets injured, which I I would never want, but like unless he gets injured, I think the chances are we will not see Alex touch the field very much because the fair because coaches believe in him so much that much. they're willing to die on that hill. Yeah, here's a bootleg that I think with Padilla adds another wrinkle to the offense. Do you think Petrus would have made no because he can't throw on the run? Um, we saw that yesterday as well him trying to throw in the run right here i mean he didn't complete this pass but he at least extends the play i mean those bad throw but he at least extends the play there um but yeah I, it's it's just i think with him you at least add a wrinkle to the offense <laughs> you know you something that you're not going to get with and is it going to be much better probably not i mean clearly that coaching staff doesn't think so but you know you watched two games last year and he at least i mean minnesota was a good team i mean there was a good team i mean what roll out you that's a new wrinkle that you just can't do with petrus i don't know yeah here's a couple no, more I, plays yeah. like this one um rolls out again i don't think he completes this but like rolls out at least like in you know tries to extend the play you're not going to get that with petrus um 434, I think, right here. Bootleg rolls out. Petrus would have probably got sacked there. Actually complete completes that. I mean, you have the tight ends to do those to do those um um like bootlegs. Yeah, I just it's not even that's an, you know, well that's another it, thing that got frustrated me is Sam right here, this is a good two. play. Like look at that. Like you're not gonna get that with yeah. Petrus. That's what I'm saying. Like you at least give Padilla at least a chance, like, like yesterday. 
two, get two much catches, two catches, nine yards for Laporta yesterday is absolutely yeah. insane. Yeah, he did, and and you know he did have that one bad drop. Yeah, um, but I think you know I, I we could I sit know. here all day. And yeah, just, we could. It's it is a therapy session. You're right, Colby. At it, this point, it, it's going to be I think a, a quite of the same coming yeah. down the pike here so, this season. I just, you know what, I, to switch gears a little bit, I do want to let's give testament to our defense going through um, each level of the defense. I don't think there was a player, you know, actually, real quick, I would love to give props to Quinn Schulte because yesterday, you know, I think that was maybe a question mark coming into the year is how well he would play, you know, just with Jack Corner yeah, going off the over. NFL. Yeah. Having Xavier, a couple higher rated guys coming into the program. And I thought Quinn Schulte played, he, he, he reminded me, not just because he's number 30, but he did remind me of like a Brett Greenwood, Tyler Sash player back there. He was quick. He was always in the right uh, right place at the right time. He hit hard. Um, so, I mean, yeah. hit hard. Great, great start to the yeah. day yesterday. Um, I would have loved to seen the defense get a couple interceptions. One concerning thing, Justin Jacobs walked, looked kind of like a hamstring thing, so hopefully that doesn't linger. But I feel good about who we have back there yeah. and you know you know next who, week who came in for him by the way? way well logan clemp but i think you know with next week with the way iowa state runs their runs their uh offense i think we'll be probably seeing a lot of a lot of the cash look anyways with cooper slide into cash terry roberts out at cornerback no um, probably be all jamari harris is back next week or, i guess jamari harris i know i mean that that's what austin, austin and i were talking about that yesterday like god we don't even have jamari harris back there or you know out there today yeah yeah, yeah. i i think you know, the defense on all three levels yesterday was impressive for, you know, I was trying to find a snap count before we came on here, but I don't even think Lucas Van Ness was out there. Uh, I mean, he didn't, he got his fair share of snaps, but it's like, man, you, we've been talking about all off season, how good this player is going to be. And he wasn't even out there most of the time. And the defensive line still looked dominant. And then, and, and not to mention, I think he got a half, I think he got a half sack. Aaron Graves. Yeah. Aaron Graves didn't even play yesterday either. Yeah, and no, it's like, yeah. gosh, just impressive. You know, yep. run game, and even most of the time we were getting pressure with four. There was a couple of times where he was just able to sit back there, but it's like, you know, this defense is going to keep us in a lot of games, and the offense is going to lose us a lot of games. Yeah. Yep. And so I just have to give props to them, Phil Parker, you know, to allow – what was the – how many total yards yesterday did, did we allow? Let's see. I'm going to show – I'm going to share the screen again. Um, hundred and – 76 is that what it was 120 total yards 120 total yards and i think 50 of those yards came on one drive i know they had like an 18 yard pass play yeah um or maybe like a 25 yard but it's like man the defense played lights out yesterday and they're gonna need to next week against iowa state um yeah you know there was only one there was there was only one play yesterday that are that literally one play and it was that um they ran to the outside and john way or john wagner um, you know, obviously went got sucked in, got sucked in, and they got like a 10 yard run play. That was like the really the biggest play that I can kind of remember, you know, maybe our D line, but other than that, yeah, just an unbelievable performance. Yeah. Two um, safety, yeah. I just can't believe that. It's just, oh, yeah, this this defense is built to win, and they're they are they're an elite group. And I it's mean, sad there's, that there's it's NFL, being wasted. NFL players, you know, you got. You have the D line. You know Lucas Van Ness is going to be a player in the NFL someday. You're probably looking at Noah Shannon getting a getting a shot somewhere next year. Yahweh Black starting to turn that light on. He's got an NFL sized body. 
Um, then obviously Justin Jacobs and Jack Campbell, two NFL players, sure bets. You look in the secondary, you got Riley Moss, who will get a chance in the NFL, just, you know, the way he plays his game. I don't know how well that will translate, translate Kayvon Mayweather. I guess, you know, he's going to play in the NFL. I believe, I mean, there's NFL players on that defense. And so it's exciting. And I feel so great about our defense. I just, it's hard to really get excited until we can prove that we can put up touchdowns i mean so like is you that said, going get, back to last year yeah. we have two passing touchdowns since the penn state game it's like that's so what? pathetic that is absolutely I mean, pathetic this in this day in college football modern era, right i mean that's what so i guess the question is like is that is that a brian ferentz thing is that a kirk ferentz thing like when does that change it doesn't change it do, no. I, I don't think he's not he's never gonna i mean is it is it gonna be until kirk retires that we see a completely different we've, mindset on the offensive side of the football. Yeah. I just, I, we've, you know, Kirk's been here, what, 23 years, 23 years now. And he's ran the same thing unless he just has a aha moment. I don't see him ever just being like, all right, I'm releasing control. This is this new offensive coordinator. I mean, I don't know how Gary Barta next year even allows Brian Ferentz. That's to, my thing to, continue you know and and the sad part is and obviously this is this isn't necessarily true but the way perception is outside the program one we're a laughing stock on offense and two it's starting just to look like nepotism on Kirk Ferentz's part and just allowing his son to continue yeah. to be the offensive coordinator. coordinator at the school right. when it's like if I was bad at my job and everyone knew it and everyone was like, man, this guy is not succeeding. I'm pretty sure I would get fired. Right. And I'm sure they would make a change. And it's like, I don't get how there's just never this thing of like, all right, we need to make a change. Either improve or we're making a change. Yeah. And and listen, I you listening to Brian Ferentz's podcast, like the guy wants to win. I just that's what's annoying. Listen, like, I mean, I listen to that entire podcast. And it's just just annoying. I don't get it. He's an impressive guy when on speaking in speaking in football talk on podcasts, like it's hard to see how he doesn't succeed because he is a smart guy. And it's just like, man, you, is there like, what are we missing or what, where is the disconnect from where we, what we put on the field and what we watched, what we've watched for the past 14 games because yeah. I will say back in 2020, um, the COVID year, like there was game, you know, the first two games of the year weren't fun and we didn't play well, but like for the most part, that offense moved the ball and, yeah. and Spencer was out there. And I would, I mean, I would contend to say that Spencer's best year so far was his first year. And those, even that year we were like, Oh gosh, this yeah. is not good. Yeah. And, and looking back to that year, it's like, I would take that in a heartbeat. And I think the best, uh, I think under Brian Ferentz, uh, 2020 might be, but I, I remember like 20 or 2018. Yep. We actually, really good year. yeah, we actually put up, I mean, I think we averaged over 30 points a game and why? Because we had two tight ends and we actually utilized the hell out of them. Well, we had, we had the two tight ends. Um, and then we had Smith, Marset, Brandon Smith at receiver, like actually team, actually players that teams had to account for. Yeah. And right. so yeah, I it's I don't know. Uh, what do you okay? But what do you honestly do here if 
because Keegan Johnson, who knows? I mean, I said this a couple weeks ago. I called him like this. This whole situation just does not like watch him like not play much this year. And sure enough, doesn't play the first game. Probably will not see him next week. Um, I mean, okay. you know, Ferentz, Ferentz yesterday, it's it's honestly an odd injury because, you know, and I don't want to get into gossip and rumors at this point, but I've read online that like he's cleared to play and it's like the mental hurdle that's keeping him out. And I don't know. I have no idea what to believe. You know, if he if we don't get him back, that's tough. If we don't, you know, Nico's out in at least another two games, it makes it sound. Deontay Vines doesn't come back. It's like we are we are not in a good spot there. And no. once again, that's on the coaching staff because they had their chance to go into the portal because that's what the portal's there for at this point. Go get some of these players that we know we can get. It's like it's a free it's free agency. Yeah. Just yeah. go get someone. Like go get a player. Even if it's a backup, at least we're building some depth. We have no depth right now. We're playing two players who, you know, I'm not trying to be mean, but like played Iowa high school football. They yeah. are, it's just, they, that's right. not. That ain't it. Huh. No. That ain't it. And it, so uh, it's, uh, it's weird. So, you know what, next week, uh, it's going to be really hard for me to envision Iowa continuing its streak next week against Iowa State. And I'm not trying no. to be a downer. And I would not be surprised at all if Iowa won just based off of what the horses we have on defense and special teams. But I I don't know. And it's like, does next week, if things are going terribly wrong, because you know what? There was probably some of this, um, what's the right word I'm, I'm thinking of? I can't think of it. But like, maybe Ference was never really worried about ever losing that game yesterday. And so he was content with what they were doing. But that's not going to work moving forward. Right. Iowa State is a talented football team, and it's going to be interesting to see if we start getting behind the eight ball next Saturday, is he going to make a change? Because it's like at that point, if if next week if next week happens the way this week happened, that fans are going to jump off the bag, bandwagon really quick. Yep, and it's going to be one of those things where it's like, uh, I'm gonna it's it's okay to start questioning Kirk and like, what is he doing? Why is he continuing to put someone out there that's struggling so bad? How are you not developing an offensive line? It's like blow, just start blowing things up. If next week goes like last week, it's time to blow things up. You know what? If Padilla's not it, if they don't think Joe Labus is ready, but they know he's talented, put him in there, see what he can do because it's like nothing else is working. It, and so, and another thought I had, it's like, and, and and I know this is why it's not happening because our offensive, as crazy as, as it is to think our offense is complex, like bring over some defensive guys that aren't getting a chance that played wide receiver in high school and let them play at receiver. Let's see what we can, We like, it's like, it's time to blow things up because yeah. nothing's working. And it's like, I sound like a crazy fan, but it's like, no. I mean, we had 166 total yards against South Dakota State, an FCS school, who it will probably be maybe Nevada, but like the second worst defense we play all year. They were they're a great defense for FCS, but in terms of like the kind of football we're against the yeah. teams we're going to be playing this year, they're the second worst defense on our on our schedule. And so, it's it's time to take a serious look in the mirror if you're Kirk and Brian and and make hard decisions. 
But I'm I'm curious next week if if Petrus trots out there and looks like he did last week. I don't know how as a coaching staff they can continue to give him the reins. And well, uh, it's it's gonna sound, be interesting. Sound off made a good point. Like last night when I was driving on the way back from Iowa City, they were just made a good point that you know fans, you know, you sold out this entire season, right? Fans spent a lot of money to to watch entertainment right and you're gonna do that and so like yeah like next yeah. week if it's the same thing happens like you're gonna lose a lot of fan support um and you're gonna you're gonna see you know people are getting mad at the booze which i agree is they're not booing at the players i mean when like when the fans booing yesterday it's not really to the players no. it's more just the fact that it's like you know we're booing because this is the entertainment that you guys are giving us i mean this is the off like really this is the offense i go i get home last night you turn on the TV, you turn on any game, and you see Appalachian State, you see Ohio State, you see Florida, Utah, Utah, who runs like the same offense as we do. You see them go to, I mean, they can score. Like, what, why is it so hard? Like, it can't be that hard. It can't be that good, complex. Well, you, we talked about it multiple times, Con. You, you brought it up. You're like, why can't we do what like Northwestern does? And I think I brought this up in the podcast before. And it's like, you see them under center, you see them in shotgun, you see them in pistol. They're just adapting with the times, right? Like that's that's what it is. And, and, and li- listen, every every team has games where their offensive production and output is not, not very good. good. But yeah. like, it's we are not in that. No. We are in every game. The offensive output and production looks terrible. Yeah. Since the Maryland game last year, you're right. Since yep. the Maryland game last year, Iowa's offense has looked terrible in every game. There hasn't even really been bright moments. No. I, the, the Kentucky say, game, the Kentucky, Kentucky game, they yes. looked decent. The offensive line and the running game looked good against the, against Kentucky, but that is out of ten games. Is there? Yeah, just got a text from our brother. He said smelling smoke in the locker room at the wide receiver percent. Who knows what's going on there? I just it's all messed up, and yeah. you know, obviously, we'll dive into the Iowa State game this week and look at position battles and things like that. But I think at this point I, I've said all I said, I need to say yeah. about the offense and cause we could just complain all day and I don't know if it's going to change. And no. I think our fan base, no. I think us as fans probably just need to, and, and I try to remind myself, I'm just, obviously I'm just a fan, but like you said, Colin, it's hard to see, not to see like, it can't be this hard because if it was this hard, other teams would be having problems. Yeah. It's there's something seriously wrong with the program, with the program on the offensive side of ball. And it's like, yeah. I, I think well, we as fans probably just have to get used to it being that way. Cause I what, don't think it's changing. Also you would think with the offense in practice going up against that stout of a defense that you think that you would be like good come like game week. Like cause you're going, cause like you've been going up against an elite defense for the last four weeks you would think that your offense would look well-tuned and ready to go uh, because, once again, you know, they're going up against the best. So it just doesn't make any sense. Like, why? I don't know. It just never – and it's been like that, you know, obviously for so long where our defense is so good, and they're going up against that defense every single practice. And I get it, it's practice, but it's still – it's like, okay, why can – like, you would think that that would be able to translate somewhere um, during the game. I, I just don't get it. I just don't like that there's no like accountability on the offensive side of the ball. Like, I I don't know. I don't know what it is. You're right. We're probably going to be 
seeing the same thing for another 11 games this, this regular season. But I just – I think there needs to be some accountability somewhere for some change to happen, and I just don't know if we'll see it anytime soon. But Also, one other thing, too, and I, t- I brought this up to Tyler this morning. So back – so last year when, when Padilla came in, uh, Northwestern game, we won. We beat Minnesota. Um, and Minnesota, like I said, was a decent team. And then North Nebraska game, he played in the first half. And keep in mind, like, um, I think Padilla was actually battling battling an illness and um, doesn't do very good, obviously, in the first half. We, I think, had, what, maybe six points. And they quickly pull him out like that. So then why does that not same thing happen with Petrus? Like, why does Petrus get that, like, oh, you know. That, where, that leeway. Yeah, yep. like yesterday, he played like shit in the first half, was missing targets. We had three points at halftime. Why doesn't he get pulled like that? It's just so, like, what does the coach, like, what is, what is, like, does does he suck off the coaches or what? Like, I'm sorry, but there's something that they they just hate about Padilla. And it, it just annoys me because once again, like none of these questions are being answered. Um, you know, like, why yeah. can't why can't a reporter be like, Kirk, I mean, could you let us know? Can you tell us why, you know, Padilla isn't the answer? I mean, is there something right. that you guys see? I wish but no one will ask the media, questions. Yeah, I was to say, I feel like the media is generally pretty pretty answering throwing some some softballs to him for the most part yeah that's kind of the accountability that i'm talking about it's like answer for what's what you put out there like we deserve i mean i'm sure i'm sure petrus does look better in practice because once again he's not getting hit and he is probably you know he does have the better arm so i'm sure yeah like he does probably do better in practice and that's probably a reason but you know game is a lot different than practice um, it's where you're actually getting 1. hit. Point you're actually QBR. Yeah. And you're just going to keep trotting, trotting him out on the field. Yep. Keep going out there. Um, hopefully that, hopefully this possession, you look a little bit better. Oh wait, no. All right. Go back out there. Next possession. Like now at some point you just got to be like, okay, let's just bring in Padilla. Let's see if yes. anything changes. And if, yeah, if he looks bad, then it's like, okay, our conversation, but you don't know until you at least see it. And like last and year, we it won't be until... great. I don't. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it'll be great. But but like you said, it's whoever gives you the best chance to to win, but also yeah. do your job, like score a touchdown. I think with Padilla, I, I just think with Padilla, you can just once again, like you can focus on, you know, roll out, you know, play action. I'm not saying you can't really do that with Padilla or with Petrus, but with Padilla, you can at least he can, you know, throw on the run and you can add that, I think. And I've always said this with like Iowa too, is space spacing people out, shotgun, running the ball and shotgun a lot. And with like Padilla, you could at least not once again, he's not a running quarterback, but he's at least a little bit better where you can add in like uh where you can do like a read option with him, where you at least keep the defense kind of honest and you you and they have to game plan for that. Now, would he be able to break out like a 10 yard run if he kept it? Probably not. But even if he got a few yards, once again, it keeps the defense honest. Because right now the defenses just they just crash. I mean, it's it's just so predictable. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's really and I I mean, once again, it's it's a lot harder, it's easier said than done. But I just think if you know that might be our only option is if we started doing stuff like that, because clearly what we're doing now is not working, and we'll probably continue doing that. Iowa State game, we'll probably have a hundred yards again. And like you said, Colby, like after next week it's going to be bad if we, even if we, I mean, I don't know, even if we win, but still look like shit on offense, it's still going to be bad. But especially if we lose and look like shit on offense, man, it's going to be, it's going to be bad. It's going to be really, really bad. And that Nevada game will be 
very interesting to, to see the fan support. Like I know it's a sell, uh, sold out crowd, but it'd be very interesting if we lose next week and our offense looks just like they did this week. Like, do you see, I mean, like the, you're going to lose a lot of fans after, after, if, if that happens. Yep. So, well, 100%. that's all I got to report. I, I'm pretty, uh, my therapy session is, is, is winding down. I, yeah. I need to, I need to try flushing it and moving I, on. I, 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 well, it's hard to move on because it's like, I think the same thing's going to happen next it, week. And it's what's going to change I'm, in a week, Colin. Like, yeah. Let's and be real here. It's why I will probably pick Iowa state for the first time in six seasons next week. Um, well, I picked them last year. I did too. And in 2019, I think. But no, I, I, I get what about, I get what I you mean because like even last year I felt no. I mean even though I picked Iowa State last year I still <laughs> felt especially after that Indiana game I mean hell what a what a year difference makes I mean remember after that Indiana game like we felt so good after that win felt so confident going in like Iowa State weekend this year it's like oh my gosh yeah and it's I couldn't a imagine feeling, if, yet the same situation of our offense not being great yeah granted we had two pick sixes in that game but. Yeah, it was a microcosm a of, of like it's a what, big ten team. What the big bigger issues are at Iowa, I think. And it, it, yeah. it kind of all came together on the field yesterday. Yep. I think I, I just saw a tweet uh Brent Bloom. Uh Iowa's Iowa's opened up as a three and a half point favorite, which is very surprising. <laughs> I mean, it's not surprising when you think we're at home. Like yeah. well, Kinnick Kinnick automatically is three points yeah. in a pick. If it was a pick on they would it's gonna go, you right. know. Well, based um, on being a yeah, it started out, I think at six and a half or a seven point, like in the preseason or whatever. Um, and now it's down to three and a half and it would not shock me come end of the week. Um, that, I, that Iowa state might be, or, you know, it, it might get down to one or, you know, yeah, at that point, maybe like a pick them, but, um, I'm curious to see what the over under is because, and we'll talk about the Iowa state game coming up here in the, you know, the next podcast here in a couple, couple days, but you know Iowa State's gonna, you know, like you said, like they're gonna put up some points. It's not like we're gonna hold them to nothing. They're right. gonna score like a couple times. We're gonna break down defensively because it's just what we do ever so often. Um, and they're gonna put up like 17, 20 points. Like you just know it's gonna happen, you know. And then you know, you already know like our offense, like there's gonna be a couple uh drives where yeah, we start at like the five yard line, get nothing, and we have to punt and granite Tory Taylor's really good. But like if they start at the 50 yard line, all they need is 30 more yards and they're already in field goal range. So like they're gonna put up points. And I just don't know if our offense will be able to score a touchdown next week. So at this point, yeah, like I'm, and we'll talk about this game, like I said, in a couple of days, but not feeling good. That's for sure. So, um, yeah, I guess that's it. Um, therapy session is over. Fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll be back. Um, uh, we'll be back Wednesday night. Well, Thursday we'll record Wednesday night. We'll talk about the Iowa state game. It is Cyhawk week. Um, Man, will you be on for that, Colby? I'm planning on it. Yeah, All right. I'll be here. Try to try to get on that, and uh, hopefully by then, you know, we'll have moved on from this game and start focusing on that game. It's a big game. I mean, we need uh, you know, bragging rights for a whole year. I hate the Seahawks game. It's just I hate this game. I know. I just I always like when the game's over with, just yeah. done. Uh, but it should be a fun. I mean, the one thing I am looking forward to, it should be a, uh, another great atmosphere in Kinnick. Um, it's going to be loud. I mean, the one thing I will say, one last thing is, man, for 11 a.m. game, the beginning of that game last uh, yesterday was unbelievable. Three false starts in a row or two right. or three. I mean, yeah. 
you know, yeah. especially that North end zone. If, if we can like, and we'll talk about this. If, if we can pin Iowa state deep on a couple possessions in the North end zone, that's big time because it gets so loud down there. And it just seems like whenever we're on the North end zone, our defense just comes up big. And um, so you just know the atmosphere is going to be unbelievable. Um, now as the game goes on, it might die down, especially if the offense is looking pretty pathetic, but um, I think we lost Tyler. <laughs> Did we? I think so. I mean, he's just, well, it's staring, a good time so. to log off then. Yeah. So, all right, well, that is it for this episode. Thank you guys all for listening, and go Hawks. We'll see you next week, or see you this week. Yep.